Welcome. Join me, Todd Tanoni, serial entrepreneur, number one international best-selling author of A Man's Journey and seasoned self-growth strategist. My purpose is to help people create deep relationships by really connecting with presence and intention. Welcome to The Right Intention. Welcome. Today, we're going to talk about exploring emotions. As we get into this, we're going to talk about exploring emotions and navigating suffering and embracing well-being, or what I'd like to call non-suffering. I wanted to discuss this topic today because if we're aware and we're actually conscious of what's going on around us on a daily basis, there's a great deal of people out there as well that are hurting, right? We can see this from the psychology of it. You can see it through people's facial expressions and their words. And before we dive into today's exploration of emotions, suffering, and well-being, I feel it's imperative to really understand why these topics are so important. So I'm going to go ahead and start with the first one. Emotions, suffering, and well-being are integral parts of our human experience. And they really do, on a daily basis, profoundly impact the quality of each of our lives and the experiences that we have inside of it. As we go into these topics, it's going to allow us to gain insight on our own emotional landscapes, which will enable us to help navigate our challenges much, much better. We'll also be able to build resilience and find ways to really enhance our overall well-being. If you really understand suffering, it helps us to acknowledge and support first ourselves. And I think as many of you listening to this may have a significant other, children, you might have parents, grandparents, will sometimes put those other people first. It may sound selfish, however, we need to put ourselves first. Then we need to look at those in pain which allows us to really foster empathy and compassion. On the flip side, exploring well-being provides us with tools so we can all lead more fulfilling, joyful lives. Ultimately, as we delve into the world of emotions, suffering, and well-being, these help us not only to understand ourselves better, but also to really, once we connect with ourselves, we can connect with others on a much deeper level. What that allows us to do is it allows us to empower ourselves so we can be more balanced, so we can lead more emotionally rich and meaningful lives. I am so grateful for all the amazing people in my life. What prompted me to do this episode is... I had a um, a dear friend of mine who has actually turned into be something a little bit more tell me that they uh, had a VIP ticket for me for a four-day event called Field of Awareness. And the reason they said I needed to go is they said with all the work that I was doing with men and now women, they said it would help me out so much to understand things on a deeper level and to be able to really connect with these people well. And they said it was a non-negotiable and I needed to go out. So guess what? I did. I can share with each of you in the last year since the launch and success of my book, what I do now because I'm in the present moment. And when the universe presents opportunities like this to me, 
I now respond and lean into things like this. So at the last minute, got on a plane and I stepped blindly into when I got there, I found out it was a four-day meditation. Keep in mind that I meditate every day. I don't meditate for four days straight, but this is essentially what this was, and it was amazing. I went in with no expectations, and I'm discussing this topic because it was on my heart. And if everyone listening to this episode is present to my interpretation of what I'm discussing, it has the opportunity to change your life today. That's right. It has the opportunity to change your life today. The way I used to define things off the top of my head, you know, I believe there's thousands of words in the dictionary that describe any emotion that any of us may feel at any point in time. And if you look at those thousands of words that describe emotions, you could always chunk it down into three basic categories. I would usually chunk them down into simple categories of happy. That's where obviously all the positive emotions would fall into. And sad, where all the negative emotions that don't serve you would go. And I also had one which I used to think of was okay because it was kind of middle of the road. And what I liked about the main speaker at this event is she broke it down into two categories, chunked it down even more. She said it was all about state and it was either A or B. You were either in a suffering state or in a non-suffering state. Once I thought about it, it made a lot of sense to me and it will for all of you listening as well. We first need to start by really understanding what suffering really is, why it matters, and what causes it. Along the way, we're going to go into and explore a wide range of emotions that come into play. Anything from profound sadness to fleeting moments of serenity. I guess as we get into this and get started, we need to start with the basics. First off, let's go deep on suffering. You know, what is suffering? I personally feel that suffering encompasses various dimensions, whether it be emotional, physical, or psychological. And what I've found with a lot of people, it's often a complex mix of all. What happens in following on this, we may have an external problem, and you know, we then internalize it. And unfortunately, when this happens, the brain creates neuroconnections that fire and can put you into having emotional reactions like fear and anxiety. When this happens and patterns of these brain waves continue, they can create negative anchors or triggers when minor challenges arise. And sometimes we overreact more than we should. This can happen with the most simplest of tasks that may seem meaningless for the person performing the task or action. One thing that comes to mind for me, and then you'll be able to relate to, have you ever been with someone that you care about, maybe a significant other, and because of your day's activities, you may have, for example, may have forgotten to take out the trash. And what happens is your partner begins screaming at you and you're looking at them dumbfounded. 
and you don't know what just happened over a minor thing. This is most likely a buried trigger. Because of you not taking the trash out, it may have anchored them to something that was more traumatic that happened to them in the past. As we go into suffering a little bit, and we experience suffering, a lot of things can manifest themselves. It can come out as profound sadness, heartache, anguish, despair, and for a lot of people, even a sense of hopelessness, which can lead to depression. It's really the emotional burden from anything that weighs heavy on our hearts and minds, and it makes us feel lost and overwhelmed. I've found that suffering can be triggered by a multitude of factors. It could be personal losses of family member, even an animal that you love. It could also be a traumatic experience or a chronic illness. As we understand and look at emotions a little more, our emotions play a central role in our experiences of suffering. Here's the thing though. Emotions are pretty complex. They're very far from black and white. Emotions can be really nuanced and they can vary in intensity and duration. Sometimes we feel a whole mix of emotions all at once, which can be confusing and quite frankly, overwhelming and what happens is information overload. When that happens, this can go into kind of like we've talked about before, the flight, fright, or freeze scenarios because we really don't know how to react and a lot of negative triggers affect how we're going to really respond to that situation. I often ask myself when these things were coming up in my life, you know, how did I cope when this happened? And when faced with suffering, you know, I'd look at it a little bit differently to kind of start over because we all have these different coping mechanisms and some of these coping mechanisms we have are adaptive and positive. Something, an example of something being positive would be getting a personal development coach or perhaps seeking therapy. Other positive things would include leaning on support networks, maybe just talking to a friend having a, you know, mentor or coach. Unfortunately, a lot of us use ones that don't serve us. Sometimes if we use the wrong ones, it can be very manipulative. And that's one of the reasons why I think we see substance abuse or avoidance in these scenarios. Personally, I used to practice avoidance for the majority of my life. What I experienced was that until I made a conscious decision to acknowledge what my challenges were, I typically operated and showed up in a suffering state. What that did, because I was miserable, it made me miserable. And because I acted out like a scared little boy, quite frankly, like a jackass, it made the other people around me terrified or miserable. So I see that now, I didn't see it when I was in the situation before. But looking back on things, I can see that's how I was and how I showed up and how I showed up the wrong way. And what I did at that time to get through most days, because I was resilient, 
And I tried to muscle through what I was really feeling, which I believe a lot of us do, because resilience is not just about overcoming challenges. It's about really managing the roller coaster of emotions that come with them. Think about a typical day for you and how many emotions you experience on a daily basis and with the thousands of the different meanings that we put to them. It's quite common that we might feel angry, sad, passionate, loving, friendly, depressed, anxious, you know, literally hundreds of emotions on a daily basis. Both kinds of them, all those emotions really chunk down to either a suffering state or a state of where you're not suffering or what we'd like to call in a beautiful state. I found it's about finding strength and being vulnerable. Finding strength in vulnerability and determination really when you're in the face of despair. And until I made a commitment to get to the root cause of my deep-seated traumas and issues that were causing me to react with my programmed responses. The responses and actions to everything was like me operating on a hamster wheel for so many different years. Has this ever happened to any of you listening to this? Really think about it because I know each of you can relate to what I'm saying. Once we get a better understanding of what's going on, we need to really transfer to a place of well-being, a beautiful state or non-suffering. And I feel that no suffering or emotional well-being includes not only the absence of suffering, but what it also does, it gives us and gives you specifically the presence of positive emotions. Things that we define as joy, gratitude, love. Those types of emotions, anything that really lights you up or puts a smile on your face. What I found is when I have experience of true bliss and fulfillment, I, it just opens up and everything, I just seem so much lighter and I'm so much more pleasant to be, be around. I really like to recall and get into the state of these positive emotions and feelings. And what I'll do is anchor and tie these positive words, feelings, and emotions into things like a touch point on my body. And I'll also anchor it, you know, with the song as well. So when I have that positive song, it really, when I listen to it and I'm in a suffering state, takes me out of this crummy place and I'll often put on music that is anchored to positive feelings or emotions that I've had. And I suggest you, you know, create a playlist of things like that, or sometimes you randomly might hear it on a radio and watch yourself when you do this, because you'll instantly shift from that shitty feeling that you're in, that emotion that's not serving you. And because that song anchors one of these positive emotions, you know, that serves you, you just hypnotically go into this state of joy, bliss, and things like that. You know, you just get into it and it just fires you up and, and gets you out of that bad state to get you into what we call a beautiful state. And you go from this depressed, non-serving state to this beautiful state by just listening to this song because it anchors you to that emotional, positive experience that you had. And it ties you to that song. 
and the experience that brought you happiness. I really want all of you to think about this. I know this has happened to you guys before because I've talked to people about it. So what I do is I like to keep a positive playlist that anchors a lot of cool things and events that have happened in my life. And when I'm constantly listening to it, it just puts me in a beautiful state, a better frame of mind, if you want to say. And when I'm operating from this place, a state that serves me and you, you're definitely going to be living a more fulfilled life. One thing I think we've all done this and need to do is really train our brains. You don't realize that you're in charge of everything. Understand I've researched and looked at things and you really need to look at the positive psychology. It's a field focused on really enhancing well-being and positive emotions. It can really make a big difference in our emotional health. I like to think of it as doing emotional workouts. They kind of really help me and all of us to flex our emotional muscles to where we can cultivate optimism, resilience, and emotional balance. Something that puts me in the place, as I talked about in previous episode, is I practice meditation daily. And the cool thing about that is that's something I can do anywhere at any time. So meditating daily, and I try to be in the present moment to really clear the noise. All of you, all of us need to really create practices where you can calm and train your mind. Things, anything that lights up, things from meditation, daily praying, journaling. I also talk to and coach a lot of people that find a lot of peace with working out and being in nature. These things are really helpful to help you manage your state and your emotional well-being. I think of times where I take off my sandals wherever I'm at, or sneakers, and I walk in the grass or the beach so I can connect to the earth more. You know, one of my favorite things is if I'm near a body of water, whether it be an ocean or a stream, I, I actually like to, you know, walk in the water because it has that calming effect. And if there's a place to actually sit down near the water, meditating while my feet in the water have been some of my most strong and shifting meditations I've ever had. I believe it's just very calming because we're able to connect with nature and our creator more. So once we go through this process, of doing things that serve you, how do you keep it going? How do you sustain well-being? How do you sustain and keep yourself in a beautiful state versus letting all our pre-programming that we've experienced our entire lifetimes control your actions and behavior? Think about that. The biggest thing is I think we think about things too much and get caught up in our head. We all need to acknowledge that we're not our actions and behaviors. And to change, you need to make a conscious decision to make that change. You must really be committed and to trust the process. It's really a journey and we can create our own reality. It is and can be challenging and painful at times because we're all so entangled with these things. I've talked about before 
be kind to yourself and give yourself grace. What happens is the self-talk and chatter that goes on in our minds can literally get us to a point at times where we think we're going crazy. A key to this is to calm the mind. We need to watch what language we use with ourselves. For example, as human beings, we're constantly evolving and changing. And guess what? We will all make mistakes along the way. That's part of the process. It's funny because when I look back, you know, when I used to do this, I would call myself stupid. Was I stupid? Absolutely not. I was a human being doing the best that I could with the skills and tools that I had. We all might do things that are imperfect during our existence. So when I stumble now in any area, I do not define the situation as something as negative as stupid. I'll replace stupid with silly. That might sound ridiculous, but the self-talk and what we say and the way it's processed in our subconscious really can manifest itself. So here's another example. If your budget is tight because economic times are crazy right now with the price of gas, food, housing, the interest rates, it's a little bit more challenging today than it was, you know, five years ago, just getting by. So a lot of people's budgets are tight. A lot of people are on paycheck to paycheck. I've heard people say that they're poor. Here's the deal. If you continue to say and believe that, you're putting that out in the field that you're poor. And you can actually speak that into existence and attract bad things coming into your life. That may sound crazy. However, I've seen it happen on the positive and negative end of things. So what happens if you instead come from a place of abundance? The last several years I've started reframing things when life had thrown me financial curveballs. And when that has happened, which may have happened to you or is currently happening, I have always said I have had more than enough. Really listen to that. If you're struggling financially and you continue to beat that into your head, it's almost like this whirlwind, this cyclone of negative thoughts coming at you. How about looking at things a little differently in a little different way? This may seem challenging to do, but we're really speaking a lot of these things into existence. So I've always had more than enough. And guess what? I always do. We just need to believe and practice it. And then if you can go into an abundance mindset, coupling that into gratitude of things and the people you're grateful for. Remember, the heart came before the mind. And unfortunately, because of all the pre-programming that's happened to us since birth, we let the mind control the body. When we really lead with our heart, we control the mind. I can give you countless examples where I just, amazing things have fallen into place for me. If you don't mind, I'm going to give you one that just happened recently. There was a situation that came up that I had, a situation where I knew um, some people that I cared deeply about needed some help. I was not in perhaps the best financial position to help them out in that moment. 
However, it was really tugging at my heart to help them out. And I decided to because I was just so grateful for all the amazing things that have happened in my life and all the amazing people that are in my life, including them. So I came from a place of gratitude and integrity and stepped out when, you know, five, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have to really help them out in this situation because I knew that I was coming from a place of abundance and things would work out the way they were supposed to. It's quite interesting as I did that, helped them out and did it with the right intentions and to help them in this situation. I had a um, project, I have different projects and things, consulting and whatnot that I do and something that I had not expected to be compensated on right away showed up in my bank account and guess what? It was almost dollar for dollar the same amount of money that I had helped them out with. So it's true, we can really speak these things into existence. And it's really funny that I talk about this now because the version of me 10 years ago would be laughing at me, saying it's a bunch of hooey. When you can really embrace an abundance mindset, amazing things happen where it's almost effortless and magical. So when I really look at things, you know, now all the time, every day, day in, day out, I try to shift the meaning I'm giving to it. Because again, I and you are in charge of your mind and emotions. We all are, and we need to keep that in mind. So for those of you who might be in a low spot as you're listening to this, I want you to take a moment right now and think about something that you're grateful for. What came up for you? Was it a loved one or an event you experienced? You felt better when you thought about what you just did, don't you? I do that all the time now, and I tend to operate coming from my heart. And in most situations when I'm leading with my heart, sometimes I can physically feel my heart fill up and I'm operating in a beautiful state where first I can serve myself better and guess what? When I'm serving myself better, I can serve those people around me better. It's really kind of a chain reaction and when you really embody this, you're able to serve other people better. You're going to find with emotional mindfulness, self-care, and surrounding yourself with positive relationships, you can really have an extraordinary life where you can experience more joy, happiness, and peace. And if you put the right energy out there, you're going to find the right people that match your energy. It's really happened a lot to me. I'll give you an example. The other day, as I've recently moved from Charleston to Texas, home state for me now, I was in the process of canceling and changing some memberships that I had. And you know what? I had no problems with anybody over the phone that I talked to because I was just nice and happy and friendly and some people actually refunded me and it's just because I was lighthearted and joyful and grateful and they appreciated that. 
because if you think about people that might be in a situation where they're a telemarketer or something like that and people are calling to cancel, sometimes people are just rude and they're nasty and they might yell at them and demand things. And I just went in like, hey, you know, here's what happened. You know, I moved and I don't know if you can help me out here. I need to cancel this. If there's anything else you can do, I would greatly appreciate it. And you know what? It, it happened with like four four different services I needed to cancel. So that was that was pretty, pretty neat. So before we wrap up today's episode, we need to really continue to understand that the emotional landscape of suffering and non-suffering or a beautiful state or well-being is quite frankly essential for us to live the lives that we deserve to live. It's a journey that's quite frankly unique to each of us. And when I went to this FOA event, it was truly magnificent. And one thing that I want to review here with you is the steps that they explained and it gave me a lot more clarity as we go through the stages of really getting to a point of living that fulfilling life, living that life of, you know, abundance where we can really experience that joy and be enlightened and happy. There are um, five stages to this process. I'm going to list them and then I want to go into each of them a little bit. Uh, the first one is consciousness. The second one is awareness. The third one is transformation. The fourth one is awakening. And the fifth one is evolution. So for our evolution to living the life that we deserve, we need to, number one, be conscious and have consciousness. We must first be conscious of our words and our actions. We need to keep in mind Everything we do and say affects ourselves and others. Guess what? If you're more kind, you're going to do more good. If you're truly hurtful and you're going to be coming from a negative place, guess what? You're um, not going to do anybody any good and nothing positive is going to happen. It's going to be the opposite of being kind. We really need to realize that our words and actions affect our entire web of life. And when we're conscious of both, we need to understand that we're really nurturing and creating the type of world that we want around us. So believe it or not, your words and actions will always play a key part of the way you experience the world. Point two is awareness. And what I got from this is when we go beyond actions and words, it's kind of like a state of being grateful and appreciating things and being kind of guilt-free. This is really where they had to find our states of a suffering state, which is your inner discomfort, versus a non-suffering state where you're experiencing anything from calm, joy, peace, or love. I looked at this and asked myself, what emotional state have I been living? I suggest you do the same and ask yourself the same question. Where I lived most of my life was in a suffering state until these last several years. Where I've been living is typically in a non-suffering or a beautiful state. And sometimes, you know, it's life. 
you'll get curveballs and sometimes the negative stuff still creeps up on me. It's not all rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns. All of us have challenges that come up. It just depends how you want to deal with them. Personally, I choose to live in a non-suffering state. Where I live now is in a beautiful state. Where do you want to live? Those two questions really are going to determine the quality of your life. Your state is everything. The state that you're in is the quality of life that you're living. We need to keep in mind that we all have challenges and problems that come up. The problem is an external, uncomfortable situation. That's all that it is. And what happens a lot is we take that problem to suffering. Then that suffering becomes an inner experience or state. And we really internalize the external problem. And I think in a lot of cases, I would have a problem, it would change my state, then I would internalize it into a behavior, and then I'd go into a state of suffering. We really need to make sure those two things are separate. We really need to solve the problem and really look at the problem. You need to use your intelligence, really look at it, look at the problem, look at alternatives, and look at the solution and give yourself grace. Think about it. Suffering really doesn't help solve the problem. I think about when a challenge arises and I'm in a suffering state, that's going to give you the wrong mindset to solve the problem. What happens is we respond the wrong way because we're looking through the suffering lens, right? And we're getting the wrong response because we're looking through the wrong lens. So we're not getting the right solution because we don't have a clear intention of the desired outcome. And you know, I look at so many decisions that I made in the past from a suffering state and that turned out not really well because I was so disconnected from myself and others. And then I separated myself from everything. Then I became angry and lonely. And that's one of the reasons people feel lonely is because their whole disconnection to things. Because when people are in a depressed, suffering state, they'll kind of pull back and then they'll you know, kind of devolve into a depression. Think about it. Disconnection, then you get to depression. The problem put us in a suffering state. You know, when I look back at things, I look in the past and when I made those decisions from a suffering state, nothing good ever came from it because my mind wasn't clear. So what happens is we respond the wrong way because we have the wrong response. What's happening is we're looking through the wrong lens. I feel that I was constantly looking through a suffering lens and that suffering state, bad decisions, when I was so disconnected first from myself and then others, I separated myself from everything and things didn't get resolved because I separated myself from everything and others. And that's where you get loneliness. It's the total disconnection. And that's where people feel and get lonely and they fall into depression. The next step is transformation. What happens in transformation? You'll feel it and your heart's living it. When your heart's awake, you'll actually start transforming. You can really feel and experience 
other people's pain and joy. And we can really feel and experience connection and gratitude. So it's, you know, it can be, if you want to define it as A or B, I try to define things as just a thing now, but, but that's a truth. You can really feel people's emotions, whether they're positive or not so positive. And it's kind of funny, I was talking to a friend of mine a while back that's in the healing space, and we were talking over the phone, and we were thousands of miles away, and I said to him, I can feel your energy. And then when we wrapped up a call, as I was going to sleep for the night, I got a text that said, the energy is all around you. And you know what? I could, I literally felt like I was in a cocoon of just positivity and energy. So weird, right? So really keep in mind when you're connected to another human being or another soul, it it doesn't need to be sexual. Sometimes we just connect with people because it's that soul to soul connection. I talk about it in my book, A Man's Journey, where we've got soulmates for different parts of our lives. So when you're really connected to another human being, whether it be male or female, you can honestly feel that connection. I'm sure you have, if you think about it. The challenges were just not being as aware as we should be on a daily basis. And I'll tell you, it's one of the most amazing feelings in the world. Those of you listening to the experience that I had and I constantly have with people, You've all experienced this as well, and it's beautiful. It's magnificent. And that's really when the transformation begins to happen. I also want to reflect on real quick or share one thing before we go on to the next step is when you're in a suffering state and the deeper you go into that suffering state, the more and more disconnected you become. And then what happens to protect ourselves, we actually build a wall up to protect ourselves so we can really feel nothing, right? So stay out of that state. The next point with transformation is huge for me. And the way it was defined is to wake up from a deep slumber and to also release the demands and judgments of the mind so it becomes silent, so you can really clear the noise. What I found is when I'm more vulnerable and I'm more communicating more openly is when I'm in this state. You really want to connect to the right people that are operating on the same vibration as you. Next is the position of awakening. And what I found is my frequency and vibration moves me into more of a state where I can move away from the inner noise and move into this awakened state. One thing that happens is we can actually create miracles. So when you move beyond the suffering and the noise and the agitation in your mind, we all encounter these things that can change our state. When you become awakened, you can really change your life. Suffering is kind of like a poisonous weed of our minds. And when you break away from anger into a state of love, that's really when the magic happens. The last step of the five is enlightenment. And this should be our goal of our life experience. It's when we can really eliminate suffering and can experience pure consciousness. When there's calm, we can have 
great peace. When we're truly can experience and share love. And when you're in this state, because I experience it more often than not now, I can actually feel my heart throbbing and beating. It's really where our identities have ceased because suffering is not in the consciousness. It's really in the sense of being one. It's the ultimate and oldest pursuit of life that people have always strived for. It's where there's no division of right or wrong. It's when we're in harmony. It's when we have enlightened thoughts. You need your brain to be in complete consciousness to be in this state. Every moment is lived in release. In the pure consciousness, things are amazing and beautiful. So again, these stages are, so you got them there, consciousness, awareness, transformation, awakening, and enlightenment. Experiencing FOA was truly transformational for me. I didn't expect to do a four-day meditation. However, it was so calming, so peaceful. It took me to the next level of calmness, and it, and it really helped me understand kind of the process that I was going through. I didn't understand it as consciousness, or yeah, consciousness, awareness, transformation, awakening, and enlightenment, but that's really, it really kind of pieced things together for me. So... As I've been doing all this work, it gave me more clarity that I was, you know, been doing the right things. It kind of put the education behind what I've been practicing. So I know I'm continuing on the right path. So as always, if you ever have any questions, you can reach out to me at Todd at ToddTanoni.com or you can find me anywhere on social. I encourage each of you, if you really got something out of this, to share it with someone else and, you know, take a moment, rate it and review it. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, wrapping this year up and we've got some great, amazing guests lined up for next year. And I thank all of you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so grateful for people that have reached out to me directly and that are getting, um, getting value out of this because I want to, um, to be here to serve. And I want to be able to help kind of everyone deal with their stuff. So let's make sure that we're living a life of abundance because that's what we all deserve, right? That's what we're really looking for, happiness. We don't want all this chaos and noise that's going on in this world. We all want to be happy. So take care. God bless. Thanks for joining us at The Right Intention. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite pod player. If you'd like to connect with me on social, you can find me anywhere at Todd Tanoni. If you want to contact me directly, you can reach out to me at ToddTanoni.com. Together, we can create a ripple effect of positive change in the world.